So last Sunday, we had the Reverend Jessica Williams was here, and we were all sitting up here, and she's from the Cairo Center. And she was sharing about the justice work that she's involved in, which is carrying on the work that Martin Luther King Jr. was planning to launch the month after he was assassinated, something he never lived to do. And it was all, it was all a plan to build on the biblical and the American ideal of justice for all. And as she was talking, it got me thinking about what it actually takes to get me up, what stirs me to action. And I, I didn't, I, I think that most people, and I, and I would say, I, you know, I've been around this church community a while, and I, I think that most people truly, truly want to stand up for justice, but often don't. And I, and I, I count myself among them. Because I, I hear, I hear about the trends of hate and violence in our world, and I, I feel concerned. I am concerned about that but I also feel like sometimes that there isn't a lot that I can do to stop it. So 10 years before I was born, Reverend King wrote a letter from the Birmingham City Jail. And he wrote it to moderate religious leaders, Jews and Christians, who were living in Birmingham at the time, who were watching the civil rights movement from the sidelines. And Dr. King later recorded it. Here it is. I must make two honest confessions to you, my Christian and Jewish brothers. First, I must, must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you and the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises a Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shall our understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. I had hoped that the white moderate would understand that law and order exist for the purpose of establishing justice, and that when they fail in this purpose, they become the dangerously structured dams that block the flow of social progress. I hear Reverend King's words speaking to me all these years later. And so I am going to give you my excuses. 
I'm tired. And there is only so much of me to go around. Oftentimes I'll look and I'll think, well, you know, these things, these problems, they, they tend to work out for the best in the long run. So, you know, you got, you got times on my side. And I also, I, I, I'll confess, I was looking at Reverend Williams last week when she was up here, and I was thinking, there are passionate people for whom this is their thing. They'll do this. I was thinking that. And then I, I think, too, I, look at, I think about myself, and I, I think about this church community, and I think we can't be all things to all people. And I have a superpower. I can back up each one of my excuses with scripture. I can do that. Years ago, there was a, another sermon series I was doing. It was on justice. And there was this wonderful woman in my church community. I, I loved her. And she confessed to me about how messages of justice upset her. She didn't like them because she came away not feeling inspired, but criticized. You know what? I completely agreed with her. I absolutely did. Because I hear the words of the prophet Amos, which are at the heart of this current justice series, and I hear the, I hear the prophet Amos speaking for God and saying this. I hate, I reject your festivals. I don't enjoy your joyous assemblies. If you bring me your entirely burned offerings and gifts of food, I won't be pleased. I won't even look at your offerings of well-fed animals. Take away the noise of your songs. I won't listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. He wrote a whole book like that. A whole, whole book in the, in the Bible is devoted to this. And Amos is a pain in the keister. He just is. He doesn't like anything. He doesn't like the hymns. He doesn't like the offerings. He doesn't like the organ. He doesn't like the decorations. He likes nothing. But what Amos does do is he speaks for God. And he says to see the injustice that is being done to your neighbor, which is being done in your area, and to help out, to do something. Amos was brash. He was a pain, but he had a critical point. Amos was not inspiring, but he was convicting. He spoke a brash truth to moderates in his time. And the word of God that came to him 27 centuries ago remains with us to this very day. And that got me thinking about myself. And I, I was thinking about what does it actually take for me? Because I, I can only speak for me. What does it actually take me to get up? What, what stirs me from placidness? Jesus said to them, imagine that one of you has a friend, and you go to that friend in the middle of the night. Imagine saying, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. Imagine further that he answers from within the house, 
Ah, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I assure you, even if he wouldn't get up and help because of his friendship, he will get up and give his friend whatever he needs because of his friend's brashness. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is opened. So different things motivate us. And sometimes somebody has to knock on your door, get you up, and, and be insistent that you just not, not take no for an answer. Sometimes that's got to happen when your neighbor's house is burning down. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knew that a lot of different things motivate us. And so, and we will do a lot for our friends. We will. I mean, we, people that we love. I just got done spending four days with family. That We will do a lot for our friends, our family. And I, on your phone, you probably have people whose numbers can ring through 24-7. But not everybody. There are some people who can get a hold of their texts and their messages will come through. But most people will have to wait until morning. And sometimes it takes someone brash. Someone who knows that if they call you three times in a row, it will ring through because the phones are designed to do that. They know that. And so they will call you until you answer the phone. And you have someone like an Amos who speaks a critical word that they want you to hear that they're trying to stir you, to, to motivate you to get up and help. But again, I can only speak for myself. The only time where that works for me is when I actually care about what the brash person has to say. Because here's the thing, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. But just because you're loud doesn't really motivate me. Just because you're loud about it doesn't really motivate me necessarily. And we're all different, different in this. We're all wired a little differently. And I would be very curious to know what it is that motivates you. What has worked for you in the past? Anyway, I was, I was thinking about what it, what it takes, what gets me up, what stirs me up from placidness. And I realized what it was. I started thinking back about times where I got on my little blue robe here and I walked through the Capitol in Topeka. And I went, I met with the Senate, the Senate president to advocate for equal protections for LBGTQ plus people. And I thought about that night, years ago, when I was standing between a line of police and some teenagers who those teenagers were registering people to vote after the shooting of Michael Brown. And I very nearly got the tar beat out of me. And I thought to myself, what motivated me to do that? Why would I do that? And I thought about times that I've gotten out. We, we've marched down the street here in Prairie Village to advocate for, for people's rights. What gets us out? What, what is it? What, what motivates me? And do you know what it is? Anybody want to guess? It's you, it's you, it's your faults. 
Because at my core, who I am, is God calls me to be a shepherd. And every time that I have taken a big risk for justice, it is because I have been, I have perceived or I have been convicted that somebody in my church community, my flock, was in danger of being harmed. My motivation comes for the, from a sense of justice and security and safety of my flock, of my family. And so there you go, that, that's me. But what about you? When have you been stirred from placidness to do something in the name of justice? What was it that motivated you? How does someone, how does God have to knock on your door to get you up? It's what motivates you. Now, I have come to believe, and I look around the room too, I have come to believe that there are few forces in nature, like a grandparent working out of love for a grandchild. And I'll tell you why I say this. Parents, yeah, we're devoted to our kids. We're in, we're in the daily fight. But a grandparent, they got nothing to lose. If something, if they perceive a danger to their grandchildren, they will do whatever it takes to address that. Yeah, amen. And if you're in the online chat here, or you're here, Put it out there. What is it that motivates you? I'll be checking the chat later. I'm kind of curious what people might be saying out there. And if you're here in person today, when you're leaving today, I'd like to know what is it that motivates you? What is that? What is it? If you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, just as your heavenly Father is complete in showing love to everyone, so also you must be complete. Well, rats, my whole thing about doing stuff for my family and my flock just got shot out the window. Jesus, Jesus, this is, this is why I need Jesus. This is why I need his church in my life. Because I know what, who really, I know who motivates me to stand up for ju justice. I can name that. And it's the people that I identify as my, my flock, my family. I will stand up. I will put myself in harm's way for them. But you know what? We never get to justice for all with just that. We never get to justice for all if our concern is so limited that we draw a circle around it. Religion, church, God should push you and me to broaden our vision, to broaden our vision uh, beyond where any one of us would get on our own. We need each other to push that, those limits beyond ourselves, to realize that when injustice is being done to any child of God. It's done to all of us. And that's what Reverend King knew. That's the good news, that God's kingdom has no borders, that all are one. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. 
All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Will you pray with me? Justice is justice only, only when it covers everyone. And I need a community, I need church to push my circle beyond the limits that I've given it. So Holy Spirit, push our boundaries today beyond the limits that we've set, each one of us, and to help us all love like Jesus. We don't have to do everything, but if every one of us can do one name, one thing in the name of justice this year, then we build your kingdom. Holy Spirit, bless us now as you stir us in Christ's way.